and welcome back to Love at First Contact. I am, of course, Sam, and joining me as every week is... Your fiancé. What's your name? Sophia. Sophia? <laughs> I awesome. think they know what my name is by now. I would hope so, if we have any return listeners. <laughs> uh, it's another week and another Star Trek episode. We're still in the original series for at least three more months, probably. So, But this week we watched one of my favorite episodes, The Cobramite Maneuver. What did you think of the... Don't, we're not going to get to your questions right away. I know, but I'm just opening it up. I know. So she, she went to grab her book and I was like, wait, oh wait. Um, so this episode is a ship in the bottle episode, as I said. So we don't really leave the ship to go anywhere. Um, so unlike un, in past weeks where we would go straight into her question, I've got some fun facts to talk about this episode. Because it turned out this episode was a first for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and we're going to talk a little bit about some like behind-the-scenes stuff about this episode, and then we'll get to your questions. And you guys can't see it, but he's like really amped up and excited about I, this. I, this is a really cool episode for a couple of reasons. One is one of the guest stars. So one of the guest stars is probably the most important Star Trek guest star in all of Star Trek. Kind of crazy for such a small episode, but it's true. Um, and also, I'm just amped up to record with you. I, I enjoy these. We, we spend a lot of time together because we live together, but <laughs> it's it's rare that we have a joint activity that we both like doing. And so far, you've enjoyed doing this, and I love doing this. I love editing and uh, recording and handling the social media and stuff like that. And I'm happy to have you as one of my actors. That's how I look at you, your talent. Okay, so let's, let's, let's start with the big question. What did you think of this episode? Um, I know it was one of your favorite episodes, but I'm sorry. I thought it was really stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's stupid. It's it's kind of a boring episode if you don't like sci-fi. If they didn't have the ending, how they had the ending, I would have just said it was boring. But how they had the you ending, don't like the twist. It was so stupid. All right, so let's go through the episode for everybody. So the Cobra Mind Maneuver is about the Enterprise, who have been on um, a, a two-week-long mapping expedition of unknown space, um, and they run into a buoy that is in the shape of a giant cube. Um, when they approach the buoy, it starts putting off radiation, forcing them to destroy it. Um, and upon destroying it, they are approached by a giant sphere containing other spheres that turns out to be a ship of the First Federation. Um, they then go through what turns out to be a giant trial of tests to find out their merit. And at the end, they discover that the creepy alien that was controlling the other ship is weirdly a child. Or an alien that looks like a child. It was my first episode of Star Trek. That's why I like it so much. This was my intro episode. Um, they did you wrong. I, I guess, but I mean, there are so many better episodes than this. <laughs> this episode's great, though, just because, you know, um, there's a lot of firsts. There's a lot of stuff in this episode that'll carry on. Um, Nothing happens. It, stuff happens that, <laughs> in, like, the background that matters. Um, and production-wise, this was the first episode of Star Trek filmed beyond the two pilots, which is why certain things aren't right. You notice, like, Uhura isn't in red she's in yellow this episode yeah i think that's the only time she ever wears a command tunic so this was also the first time when every single character who is important for the show will be in the episode because we got scotty we got ahura we got check or we Chekhov comes in later Chekhov's a season two character i don't know who that is. <laughs> i was i was about to say Chekhov, and then i was like oh wait no Chekhov. you could totally say that that person's in it and i wouldn't even know Chekhov is a russian kid He'll be important from season two onwards. So okay. Chekhov's a great character. But we got Sulu, McCoy, um, Captain Kirk, and uh, Yeoman Rand. So all of the main characters... You forgot a person. Who did I forget? The girl. I forgot Spock. Oh. oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Someone's going to make fun of me for that one. Okay, so we got Spock, McCoy, Uhura, uh, Scotty, um, Captain Kirk, McCoy, and, and Yeoman Rand. So for season one... And the girl. 
That's Yeoman Rand. No, the one in red. That's Yeoman Rand. Oh! I was thinking of her. <laughs> That's her? Janice Rand. There we go! Her rank is Yeoman. What does that mean? It means she's basically the captain's maid. I hate to say really it. Really bad. She, all, she's basically a waitress. She brings food... Um, or like, well, I, I guess a, not made is a bad way to say it. She's like the captain's assistant. She eats their food. She eats their food <laughs> like she did last episode. Anyway, but, but all the primary characters are here. There'll be some secondary characters that come in later, like, um, Nurse Chapel. She'll become a kind of a mainstay. Um, there'll be some, there'll be one villain who is recurring, who is Harry Mudd. And I think Harry Mudd comes in in the next episode we're going to watch. But that's, that's next episode. We're not going to talk about that yet. Get to the facts. Um, so here are some cool facts about this episode. This is the first episode where Lieutenant Uhura says her catchphrase. Her catchphrase is hailing frequencies open. I didn't catch that. She said it whenever they first hailed Balak. Oh. So it's the first time she'll say that, but she'll say that a lot. Um, this is the, uh, there's an interesting little line that isn't really important, but when Ye Yeoman Rand brings the coffee... Mm -hmm. McCoy says the power's out in the de or in the, the galley. How do you get hot coffee? And she's like, a hand phaser. Got hot coffee from a hand phaser because she pointed the phaser and warmed up the coffee. Right. So this is technically um, the first introduction that, one, you can heat things up with a phaser, which will be slightly important later on, but also that there's a weapons locker in the galley. That'll be important in one of the movies later on. I'll point that out again later. I mean, I feel like that would be that would be pretty common. Or, like, common knowledge that you can warm stuff up with a phaser. Like. Well, do you know what a phaser is? Yeah, it's that little gun that they have, yeah. right? But, like, you know, somebody might wouldn't be wrong in assuming that a phaser could just vaporize something if it was shot long Oh, enough. yeah, like, I bet they can, like, start a fire with it. Yeah, yeah. fun enough, that'll happen. That's why it's important. <laughs> so there's stuff like that. Um, there's some goofs in this episode that are interesting. Like, uh, there's a point where Sulu is counting down the minutes. Yeah. And he says, uh, one minute remaining. I knew he would say that. Um, there is a missing line that was never recorded where Balik was supposed to hail and say, you now have one of your Earth minutes. And they never recorded that. So Sulu still says his line, but Balik doesn't say his. Wait, what did he say? Uh, Sulu says something along the lines of, uh, I knew he would say that. After saying one minute remaining. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and there's other stuff. This episode's really cool just because it, it kind of also introduces how the ship fires weapons. Uh -huh. Because this is the first time the ship has gone into a combat situation. Uh -huh. So it fires its phasers. It, yeah. You know, so that was the first time it's ever done that. This is just an episode of firsts, basically. Um, the most important first, though, is the guest star who uh, will appear in, I believe, every single Star Trek series going forward. Why? He's just a recurring actor. He's a background actor who will appear in guest star roles. And I guess it, it eventually became a joke that he was popping up throughout it. So it was kind, it's kind of like um, uh, Stanley. In a Marvel's. weird way, yeah. But okay. it, not as important as Stanley, I would say. Uh, his name is Clint Howard. He played Balak, the kid. Um, oh! He wasn't the voice of Balak. Obviously. But this was his first... Um, Whatchamacallit, he is, it's his first role in Star Trek, but he will go on to appear in the background all the way up to Discovery, which is currently airing. How old is this kid? Um, he was, I'm, I'm looking it up right now, I hate, thank you Memory Alpha for being so detailed, but I hate your ads. <laughs> um, he was, he's 51 years old now, 
Uh-huh. Uh, there, oh, wait, no, there's an interval between 51 years between his first role and his latest role. Oh, okay, so hang on. Maybe he hasn't been in every Star Trek. Or has he? He Okay, so he's been in TOS. Oh, he's that guy? No, he played a Ferengi. Oh. But he's been in TOS, he was in Deep Space Nine, he was in Enterprise, and he was in Discovery. So he's appeared in, in quite a few Star Treks, but he's like a fan favorite. So when he pops up in an episode, everyone's like, there he is. How did he get so popular off of this one role? Uh, Balak is an important character. Balak is a fan favorite character, I would say. It's really the first time Captain Kirk goes up against an adversary of, mm -hmm. of equal merit, I would say. Um, and instead of using his brawn, he uses his wit. So Balak has always been remembered as the first real kind of bad guy of Star Trek, but he's not really a bad guy. But, like, as the kid actor itself, like, I'm assuming he just auditioned and got the role. Was, like, he previously famous for something? Or I, I would guess so. Um, it doesn't say here how he got the episode, but... Yeah, so he, he basically... I'm assuming he just auditioned, like, yeah. most child actors. His and then... family is a little bit famous for child actors. His brother is Ron Howard. Do you know who Ron Howard is? No. You ever seen Andy Griffith? No. Okay, he was a, the kid in Andy Griffith. Oh, I think his name was Opie. Opie is is Ron Howard, who is this guy's brother. You're going to have to show me a picture um, later. I know someone you will know. Do you know Bryce Dallas Howard from, like, Jurassic World? The redhead? The kid? No. The she plays um, Claire Deering. She's the like administrator of the park. Oh, the one that runs in the heels. You know, the whole movie. <laughs> yes. So that is his his niece. She is Ron Howard's daughter, and Ron Howard is his brother. So the Howards are a very famous Hollywood family. Okay. Who who I mean, it's very hard not to throw something and, and hit Howard. So it's kind of like Drew Barrymore and her whole background with her family and everything. I don't know anything about Drew Barrymore. So I'm going to say yes and assume you're right. She's just like a really well-known child actor. She was I... that little girl that played in E.T. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. But I mean, like, more than just him. Like, his whole family is Well, her whole stuff. family was famous. Yeah. So, okay. Bryce Dallas Howard is doing really great in Hollywood. She's um, one of the key directors in all the Star Wars shows. So, so far, she has directed an episode. They give her the episode with the most important cameo. Like, she got a Sokotano. Oh, no, she didn't get a Sokotano. She got um, Bo-Katan in season two. In season one, she got... I don't remember who she got. It was like a really cool cameo in season one. Um, but Bryce Dallas Howard, doing great as directing, doing great as acting. I love her in Jurassic World. She's probably my favorite character in Jurassic World. But you didn't like what she did. Oh, I don't like Jurassic World. I like the characters. I just don't like Jurassic World. I'm nitpicky. I'm very picky about my fiction. I just... It's, it's just that one scene so unrealistic. Let's not talk about Jurassic World. We're, we're, <laughs> this is a Star Trek podcast. You want to talk you about that? brought Dark. it up. I know. Um, but yeah, so Clint Howard, uh, we love you. Thank you for being in Star Trek and Star Wars. You've been in Star Wars a little bit. Hi, huh, dabbling with the competition. I mean, there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> a lot of actors have crossed over. But I look forward to seeing you. The next time we'll see you is in Deep Space Nine, Past Tense, which is a great episode. You say that for every single Past episode. Past Tense we watch. is one of the greatest episodes of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. I will, I will bet my life on that. Okay. Um, and sure. we are definitely gonna watch Past Tense Part One and Part Two. Um, there's a lot of two-parters in TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Yay! But, um, and then, uh, that's kind of all my fun facts. Um, I will say, this episode doesn't have a lot going on. No. So we're probably not going to talk quite as long about it, but I wanted to throw in these fun facts about the episode, just because, like, you know, it, it's really cool to see that all, a lot of the firsts that will be important for Star Trek come from such a, 
mundane science fiction episode about an alien who challenges the Enterprise and gets their butt kicked. <laughs> so let's go to your questions. You had a couple questions. You don't have as many as usual. You have one page. Yeah, so. like... Did you draw something on the bottom? I said stupid. <laughs> this was not a stupid episode. It's a great episode. How dare you. I, I, a thousand fanboys just cried out at our Twitter page. Anyway, go ahead. What are your questions, my love? I don't know. I, you kind of already said it, but I don't know if you kind of really answered it. But why did they change her shirt color? So this, like I said, this was the first episode put into production. Mm-hmm. So after um, the two pilots, the cage, which is the pilot we haven't watched and we're not going to watch. Okay. Well, actually we might. We might watch it when we eventually in 10 years get to Strange New Worlds. Just because it's slightly important for, well, we actually probably should have watched The Cage. Dang it, I've already messed up our order. <laughs> the only reason we're not watching The Cage is there is a clip show that's coming up called The Menagerie Part 1 and Part 2. And The Menagerie is basically a recap of the unaired pilot. Okay. So we don't really need to watch it because we'll watch it through another episode. It's weird. Um, I'll take your word on but it. But between the, the Cage and then Where No Man Has Gone Before, which is the first episode we watched... Um, there was a lot that changed. The uniforms changed twice, basically. Yeah. Um, and the third time the uniforms changed, it stuck. But the characters hadn't been developed yet, if that makes sense. For instance, you've noticed Sulu, uh-huh. who was the botanist last episode, uh-huh. has now become the pilot of the ship. Uh-huh. That will stick. Sulu will be the pilot of the ship for here on out. Uhura will change. She'll go back to her red uniform, and she'll become synonymous with that red uniform. Okay. This is also the first episode where a lot of women aren't wearing the pants. Um, they're all... Basically, every female Starfleet officer from here on out will be wearing the, the dress. They were wearing pants before? Yeah. I didn't know this. Um, I'll point it out to you later. Okay. It pops up. I think it's kind of mix and match, because I know in last last week's episode, uh, The Man Trap, there was a couple female officers running around who had the pants on still. Mm-hmm. So a couple women were still wearing the pants in the family. But then they bring back the pants. Well, Starfleet uniforms will change. Um, after the 60s end, and we go into the 80s with Next Generation and the movies, um, there will be dress uniforms where they're, they're dresses. They're called scants from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the men will wear them. Okay. <laughs> I think I've joked with you before that the one Star Trek uniform I've always wanted is a scant. And the scant uniform is basically a female's uniform that a wardrobe put on a man. A skort? A skort? It's called a scant. Scant. Anyway, uh, the scant uniforms will show up in in TNG in the first episode of TNG, and they'll they'll pop up in the background, and then in the other series we'll we'll see them in the background, but they'll never be front and center. But yeah, so that's her uniform just hasn't been established yet, and so in the next episode, it will be established. Are you okay? You're laughing. Why are you laughing so hard? I don't even know. Okay. Picturing me in a scant uniform. No. With my hairy legs. Now you are. <laughs> no, because I don't even know what this looks like, but okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll bring it up while you're asking your next no, question. No, I don't want to see it. You're going to see it. Go ahead, ask it. Um, so, like, okay, so I guess you kind of already said it. Like, the cube thing, mm-hmm. that was like just, that was just radiation, and it was... Oh, that's hideous. No. <laughs> I'm showing her a picture of the scant uniform uh, on a Stowe character. What do you know? Uh, anyway, continue. So uh, the cube is, is giving off radiation. So the cube is a solid object. Mm-hmm. It's a ship, or it's a warning beacon. So the First Federation, the organization that Balak belongs to, his government, okay. has surrounded their territory in giant cubes that warn incoming ships to stay away because they're isolationists. 
for the most part, they don't interact with the larger galaxy. They eventually, um, from this moment on, will start trading with the Federation because Tranya, the drink they drink at the end, yeah. will pop up at bars and stuff like that. And people will talk about drinking Tranya. So that trade will be open between the Federation, which is Kirk and the Enterprise's government, and the First Federation. Okay. Kind of confusing. Wait, wait, but if it was trying if it's telling people not to come near them where they i was really confused about like the movements were they going closer to it or backing so up? they were going forward and the cube was moving in front of them and eventually the cube just started like getting closer to them so it got bigger okay because the this is not the first or the last time starfleet will face down a giant cube this is the easiest time starfleet will face down a giant okay because i was like are they trying to back up why can't they just like back up real fast well, they could have, but they decided not to because Kirk wanted to be a, you know... Kirk. Nosy? Yeah, he wanted to be nosy. He realized that if he went forward, he would discover the intelligence that had built the cube. Okay. And would be able to succeed in the Enterprise's mission to find strange new life, which he did. But he could have killed everybody. He could have killed everybody. In fact, the radiation levels got to um, lethal levels before they destroyed the cube. And no one suffered consequences? No one died in this episode. But they were just attacked with radiation. They were attacked with radiation, and I think life support was cut off on the ship at one point. Oh, someone's getting demoted. Uh, I know, right? Um, okay, you already said where it came from, because I was like... came from the First Federation. Yeah. Which is uh, a government that is 50,000 years old. Okay. So the Federation itself is only about 100 years old at this point. Um, so the First Federation has existed for millennia. So they were before... The Federation. Okay. Which is why they're called the First Federation. Wow. That's weird, right? <laughs> it's really kind of easy for them to name a government the First Federation when they already have the Federation. Dang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I, we already talked about why it was attacking the ship because it was trying to get away from it. I, this episode was really confusing, so I couldn't keep track of like how I normally keep track. Because so much was going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on for a Ship in the Bottle episode. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's... It's kind of a very usual Star Trek episode. This is the formula from here on out. Except there will be a villain of the week sometimes, like Harry Mudd, who is a pirate. Or um, Governor Kodos. Mm -hmm. That's a really good episode. Governor Kodos, um, I don't remember the episode's name, but that, that whole arc is very interesting. It's very murder mystery. It's very true crime. I think you'll like that episode. We are going to watch that episode. Um... Or, like, they'll face down a god. Kirk will face down many gods, including actual god. Um, I'm not joking. Kirk will fight god in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Directed by... God. <laughs> he thinks he is. William Shatner. Who's William Shatner? James T. Kirk. Kirk directed Kirk. Um, oh, my goodness. And my favorite line from The Final Frontier, What is god in need of a starship? And then Bones is like, you don't ask the Almighty for his ID. <laughs> and then God shoots him. <laughs> we'll get there. That's that's probably, that's not my favorite Star Trek movie. It's my favorite comedy wait, Star Trek wait, movie. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the God that's in, uh, um, uh, I'm going to say it wrong and I don't care, Picard? <laughs> Picard. No. That's actual God. That is actual God. That's Q. Q is our God and Savior. We don't say anything. Rest, we risk angering the Q. So we don't run into Q? Until Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. 
Um, technically, we do. We're going to watch an episode called The Squire of Gorthos, Gothos, which is not that far away from us right now. And it is my opinion that the villain in that is a Q. So we will see a Q. Because I think it's even... How many Qs are there? Well, there's the, the Q are many. The Q is a species that is just omnipotent. Do you know what omnipotent means? No. It means they have godlike powers to reshape the universe how they see fit. So we're going to run into them eventually. I'm getting like immortals. They are immortals. They're, okay, so immortals, um, they're kind of like that. Um, if you guys don't know, that's a Disney movie. It is. Um, so they're immortal. Um, it, yeah, they're superpowered beings. Okay. Um, they can just do whatever they want with like a snap of their fingers. Okay. So. Um, but, but there's multiple one of them? Yeah, there's multiple. And we'll meet multiple. We'll meet, we'll meet Q's wife, Q's son, um, Q's best friend, and they're all named Q. <laughs> But Star Trek is, is is known for its overpowered aliens. I would even count Balak as, as an overpowered alien. Um, and I'll say why at the end, because I know it's going to be one of your questions. So go on. What keep going. What get me into? <laughs> Star Trek gets weird. Oh Wait until we're using mushrooms to fly through space. You know... <laughs> God, I love this. I love Discovery so much. I can't wait till we get to modern Star Trek. Well, Discovery is probably my favorite Star Trek next to Deep Space Nine. I've watched some crazy crap, but this takes the cake. It, it gets weird. This is nothing. It takes. I this watched a lot nothing, of Pandora. Baby. Pandora. Paramo paranormal uh, stuff. Paranormal. I watched a lot of true crime, but this takes the cake. We're gonna get crazy. Oh, Star okay. Trek goes weird and it never comes back. Anyway, what are your other questions? We're almost done. Um, okay, so I kind of knew that the little alien thing that he was using, like, it, it looked robotic. I was like, that's not real. You can't, okay, you can't judge that because you have to remember this is the 60s. I'm not judging, I'm They didn't saying... have Disney's budgets, <laughs> <laughs> so their robots and anything are going to be crap. I'm not even judging, I'm just saying, I was like, I could clearly see that. It's a puppet, yeah. It's not even, it just looks like a robot, like robotic. Yeah, I mean, that's good that you picked up on that, because it's true. He was, yeah. a, he was a puppet. Mm -hmm. Which I was like, this must be like, I was like, I didn't really know what was going to happen at the end, but I was like, I knew it was going to be like something else, because I was like... At one point you said, is this a dream? And I'm like, no, it's not a dream episode. That would have been cool. There's an episode. Where oh they, my god. There's an episode of Voyager where they end up as a dream. We're probably not going to watch it, though, because no. I don't think it's important. Probably just everything I can think of, there's probably been an episode. Think of something random. I can't think of anything random right now. That's an episode. <laughs> oh, okay. We already answered that question. What was it? It was, why can't they back up and leave? <laughs> yeah, because they got them in a tractor beam, and they shut off their engines at one point. Yeah? Yeah. So you asked another question. I don't think you wrote it down. Um, but you asked, how long is the officer they leave behind on the show? Oh, yeah, yeah I didn't write that down. Um, well, it's never been answered officially but there is a book which aren't counted as canon okay. um where the uss voyager which is star trek voyager said a hundred years after this will encounter balak in the delta quadrant which is the other side of the galaxy and bailey is still with him he's still alive yes this is a hundred years a hundred a hundred and some change years later and he's still alive he, according to this book he is still alive still traveling with balak on the other side of the galaxy See, because he was like, oh, yeah, I'll have a better, like, um, it sounded to me how he worded it, that he was giving up an officer, and he was gonna get a quote-unquote better officer. I was like, what a dick. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird that Kirk is just like, yeah, I'm gonna leave this guy if you want to leave, bye. 
It's like dropping off your kid at daycare and then never coming back. It's like, I, like, did you have this plan? Like, did, is this why you brought him along? Uh, it's never been explained. It's never been picked up on. Hey, there's another Star Trek series coming out set in a similar time period a couple of years before. But if Strange New World goes long enough to catch up to this point, maybe we'll see Bailey and again. And I'm just like, he's, he turned to him and he, how he had did it, it felt to me. Like, he didn't even give him a choice. He's just like, hey, he I'm dropping you off. And he's like, yeah, why not? Well, he was like, do you know where I can find a volunteer, Mr. Bailey? And I guess at that point, he could have been like, I don't know, someone on the ship? Why don't you ask Spock? Right, I'm like, why are you so on top of it? Like, yeah. you, this man has a whole life. And also, Bailey, like, throughout the episode, like, at one point, he has a panic attack. Yes. He leaves his station. Yes. Throughout the episode, he's questioning things. Yes. Like, he doesn't... I mean, I guess Kirk is getting rid of a lesser officer. This is Kirk's way of getting rid of someone he sees as not Enterprise material, and, I like, guess. And, like, don't you have to ask Enterprise if you can do this? Well, you have to ask Starfleet. You're just giving up an officer. Yeah, somebody got in trouble for this, I guarantee you. And this dude... Like, I know that once you join Starfleet, like, that's your life. But well, he, no, you can retire from Starfleet. It's the military. Well, it doesn't sound like he's giving him an option to retire. A lot of like, what die. if he ha he has a whole family probably back on Earth? Well, they're never seeing him again. And yes, basically, this is like if you met an alcoholic, and you left your kid with it, and just never came back for your kid. God. Not saying Balik is an alcoholic, but he's been characterized. He's just as like, alcoholic. here's my sacrifice. Don't kill us. Goodbye. Basically. But yeah, so this was the Cobramite maneuver. Um, we don't have a lot to talk about this week. I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground. What are those fanny packs? Oh, the like orange sashes? I don't like them. Those are the official belts of Starfleet. So like they don't leave? They don't improve? They, oh, hell yeah, they improve. They get much better belts in the future. I don't like them. Um, they get some great belts in, in the movies, but for the original series, yeah, they get those sashes. Um, and the sashes, I guess they're Velcro, and they put Velcro strips on their, their equipment props, mm -hmm. and they were able to just Velcro them on instead of, like, having a holster. But eventually they'll get holsters. Okay. So, like, they change a little bit. The two things that I really didn't like about this episode were those belts and that they use this like random child over a, like a man's voice. I like that. I thought that was, and his eyebrows. Well, those were his actual eyebrows. No, part. they weren't. Those look so weird. No, you probably were. I do know it says in the notes here on Memory Alpha that um, the costume designer asked to shave his, his head mm -hmm. and he said no. So they had to wear a bald cap. Yeah, because it looked weird. Yeah. So to be honest, it's, it's you know... It's interesting. I like the idea of using a kid because you have a childlike race who is pretending to be this fearsome alien to cover their identity to judge other species. Wait, so these are all children? They probably all look like Balak. Well, not exactly like Balak, but they're probably all small like him. Interesting. Why um, can't they just give him hair? Uh, it's alien. This is not the last time that an alien will only be described as bald. Wait till we get to the Deltons. Why can't aliens have hair? Oh, they do. Well, there'll be a lot of aliens with hair. Wait till we get the Klingons. Oof, they got some great hair. Oh my goodness. You know about Klingons. Yeah. All right. So that's that's the Cobra Might Maneuver. Okay. That's it for this week. We're pretty... This is a pretty short episode. My questions? Your questions were great. Oh, the questions I have to ask. <laughs> well, I've already asked you one. I already asked if you liked the episode, and you have a resounding no. 
No. Um, can, it's did not you my li- favorite. Did you like it less or more than last week's episode? Less. Um, did you like it less or more than the first episode This we is watched? my least favorite episode of so all the far. episodes we've watched so, so far. So far. Okay. Well, this was the Cobramite Maneuver. Like, how long was this episode? It was 45 minutes. That did not feel like 45 minutes. It felt like it was over in 20 minutes. It was. I ship in a bottle episodes go quick. Because, like I said to you, it is, it is, you are on the ship, you don't go anywhere but on the ship, and you're done. Um, My favorite character. Yeah, what is your favorite character? I, I like the doctor dude, because he was kept trying McCoy? to push him and <laughs> do his physical, and he broccoli. I, I thought it was so funny when McCoy turns around and looks at the, you know, the alarm that could indicate the ship is under attack, and he's like, I'm not going to tell the captain this is happening <laughs> until it's over. I'm going to make this man work out until he's done. And then Kirk gets pissed, but... It, yeah, so McCoy is funny. Um, this is also, I should have said this before, this is the first time McCoy will say his famous line, I'm not a insert blank here, or I'm a doctor, not an insert blank here. We'll have bricklayer, we had moon shuttle conductor, um, we'll have, uh, what is it, weapon, tactical officer, um, all kinds of stuff. Okay. So, it's a first episode. It's an episode of first, which is why we had to watch it. Um, so, yeah. I, I enjoy it because I like any episode of Star Trek. Is it one I, I rewatch a lot? No. I've probably seen this episode three times. <laughs> um, uh, but it's a it's an okay episode of Star Trek. There are bad episodes of Star Trek. There's an episode where a captain fights a clown. That one's actually really good. That's a horror-themed episode. I shouldn't say that because we're going to watch that episode. And you're going to love it because it's like a horror movie. Oh, my God. Um, or Tuvix. Tuvix is a great episode. I'm doing a lot of Voyager this week. I'm getting super off topic. Oh, we are. Like I said, there's not much to talk about. Well, next week we'll have a lot to talk about. Okay. Because next week's episode is Mud's Women. It is the introduction of Harry, Harry Harcourt Fenton Mud, uh, Star Trek's greatest villain. Uh, we'll see Harry Mud a lot. Is he covered in mud? No, he's a human. Oh. He has a big mustache. Kind of fat, too. He's <laughs> great, though. Great character. <laughs> If I had anyone I could dress up as, it'd be Harry S. Mud or Harry. What is it? Hardcore, uh, Harry F. Mud, Harcourt Fenton Mud. Harry Mud will be the only Star Trek villain to really appear more than once in the original series. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the second character from TOS really to pop up outside of TOS. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a while because he pops up in Discovery, so he's important for Discovery. He's important for TOS, mm-hmm. um, and maybe he's important to some other stuff we'll do. I'm kidding. Animated series. He pops up in the animated series. I don't think we'll watch his animated series episode, though. Wow. Um, and who knows? Maybe he'll pop up in Lower Decks. Mike McMahon, if you're listening, Lower Decks could use some hairy mud. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening. This is fun. As always, if you want to follow along our social medias, listen to some clips early for the episode next week, all kind of jazz, you can find us on Twitter at uh, love at first four underscore five. That's, you used to think about it all the time. I, I do. <laughs> it's love at first, and that's at spelled out, not the little at sign. Um, love at first four five. Why is it four five? That's first contact day. April 5th, 2063. That. I said it two episodes ago. <laughs> I'm going to say it every episode because it's a joke because we're probably not going to be done with this show until 2063. Oh my God. We're going to be old and gray and still watching Star Trek. I don't know about that. I'll be honest with you. I think we will catch up in probably a year. Maybe a year and a half. If we're lucky. Well, yeah, because... This is like the second episode we've watched in a week. I'm getting ahead because it, uh, you're still in school, and if you get busy with school and you can't record a week, 
I want to have that. And like the week of our wedding next year, we're not going to record an episode. <laughs> so this gives me a buffer <laughs> for emergencies, which is why I'm like, let's record so that if we have to take a week off, I don't have to like record something stupid with my mother. Not saying I don't you want to record it. We're taking a break for a week. I think I've been thinking about it. There's an episode coming up um, called Journey to Babel. We might have mom on. Your mother doesn't want to be on. I don't the show. care because that's a mom themed episode. So we might have mom on for the mom themed episode. What episodes. is it, Mother's Day? No. Mother's Day special. It's not a Mother's Day special. Spock's mom comes on the show and his dad. We meet both the Spock's parents. Should we have your dad um, come on? Yeah, we could have Dad come on. I don't think your dad would. Dad loves Star Trek. He'd come and sit with us, probably. I don't think he'd record, but he'd sit in the back being quiet, <laughs> make a little chuckles. But no, so there's a lot of parent-themed episodes. And Spock, we meet Spock's family a lot. We'll meet his uh, his mom and his dad. Didn't you say his mother was on Earth? Yeah, his mother is... The, oh, that's, an, that's another first. This is the first episode where it's introduced that Spock is half-human. Mm-hmm. His mother is Amanda Grayson. She is human. She was an elementary school teacher, and she's dyslexic. Spock is also dyslexic. I can tell. That's not introduced until um, Discovery. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we'll meet, we'll meet a lot of Spock's family. We'll meet his half-brother, Cybok. Um, we'll meet his adopted sister, Michael Burnham. His protégés. Spock is the main character of Star Trek for a while. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with Mud's Women. Uh, the first of the Harry Mud saga. Um, and then after that, uh, we hope you'll join us as... Uh, we hope you'll board our ship... Um, as we boldly go, um, uh, uh, where no Star Trek, well, where many Star Trek podcasts have gone before. This was a chuckly episode. Um, thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful week. Um, live long and prosper. May fortune favor you. Uh, we got a long road ahead of us, but we got faith of the heart. All the Star Trek slogans. This is the one with the blast shield. Peace out. Peace out. Bye.